0: Welcome to Embrace Your Brain's exciting new series called Embracing the Mature Mind. Join Dr. D Coulter as she explores the natural brilliance awaiting us all in the upper decades. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, meet your brain's dream team. Our last podcast was an imaginary interview with our brain layers. It was actually describing an extreme situation, though. One where only one of the brain's layers was in charge of everything. Hopefully that won't happen to us, and it's far from ideal when it does. So what is the ideal then? It's teamwork, where each team member, each layer, is in charge of what it does best. Let's look at how we might use each layer in our brain as team members to reach our maximum well-being. We can start with the core layer. That was Carl in the interview. As a CEO, it's pretty ruthless. It gives no second chances, makes no compromises, won't include any that are different from itself, and it becomes highly reactive and unrestrained whenever it's humiliated or embarrassed or when its territory or power is threatened. But it's great when it's part of our team because it helps us create order. It builds useful routines and habits. It's even great at purchasing, Shopping, storing supplies and food. It's not emotional, but it can get coldly angry. But that's not even a problem as long as we drain off the anger and resentment. You know, how many times have you cleaned the house or cleaned up the garage or done sorting and filing and discarding and repairing things to let off steam? So now let's look at the second layer. That was Linda. It's the limbic or social and emotional layer. As the CEO, it's pretty weak. It's not powerful and doesn't have a wide view. It has no interest in trying to manage the larger world. And it easily becomes overly emotional when it's afraid or threatened. This becomes clearer when we think about boxing. Remember Muhammad Ali? He was brilliant at sizing up his opponent. Before any match, he would taunt them. And he knew just how to tailor his tactics he could tell whether the person was likely to drop down to the core layer, in which case he'd start making fun of them and humiliate them. And they'd drop down to their core, forget the rules of the ring, and just fight to kill, often getting disqualified. But if the opponent was more likely to drop down to the limbic layer, when they felt really threatened, he would try scaring them. Sure enough, they'd drop their guard in the ring, begin to flail in panic, and lose the match. So what contribution should the limbic system add to our brain team? Well, it's great for handling emotional connections and sharing intimacy with a family or circle of friends. It wants to be compassionate with its own circle. It's a great listener and it understands the emotional needs of others. And most important, it knows how to play and experience joy and delight. And it can tap into the emotional roots of creativity. It's very loyal to its group and has their back whenever tragedy or danger hits. It's needed when we want to make new friends and protect the old friends and family. So how about the third layer? That was the neocortex. This complex layer contains the gray matter in our brains. It's critical for humans and for a few other creatures as well, like whales, dolphins, elephants, and the primates. Why? Because it supports thinking and new learning. Because of this layer, we no longer have to fall back on instincts or hardwired traits in order to survive. Now we can strategize and develop new skills that we never used before. And we can handle much more complexity. As the CEO, it's pretty narrowly focused. It's on only looking at its own needs and really gets caught up in the material world. Humanitarian issues, uh, they're rarely a high priority. It prefers competition over cooperation unless it benefits them to cooperate. We'd say it's transactional rather than genuinely seeking win win solutions and compromises. When it takes part in our overall team of players, it becomes extremely valuable. As it develops and we grow up, our neocortex learns to handle more and more complex matters and can make discoveries in any field it chooses it can analyze complex situations of all kinds and can almost seem to be the only layer that matters. However, without layer two, that limbic layer, supporting our feeling life and our ability to play, and without our core layer bringing order to our daily lives and society, our lives would feel quite incomplete. Now there's still one more layer to consider before we reach our ideal balance and maximum well-being. That's that newest division of the neocortex, the frontal lobes, the region we called Francis in the interview. As the CEO, it was surprisingly effective. It ruled with compassion and wisdom and drew on the other layers easily. However, it does have one serious weakness. If the group or society it's trying to lead becomes fearful, feels threatened, and loses confidence in its leadership, it can no longer lead. This observation has not been lost on actual leaders. In 1933, when Franklin Roosevelt gave his first inaugural address, the Great Depression was hitting its depths and the people were really frightened. That was when he famously said these words, This great nation will endure as it has endured, will revive and will prosper. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief That the only thing we have to fear is fear itself nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror, which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. And just a few months ago, Vandana Shiva, who's a gifted scientist, environmentalist, and cultural spokesperson from India, made a similar declaration about today, saying in an interview. What are the basic things we need? We need food and clothing. We need knowledge. We need culture. None of this requires the billions of the philanthrop capitalists. It requires compassion within society and a refusal to feel hopeless or afraid. Fear is such an important variable in society and in our own minds and we've just begun exploring what can go wrong when we feel fearful and threatened. If we collapse into learned helplessness, this lovely, ideal four-member brain team falls apart, and we can cascade down the ladder, putting the lower levels in charge. Next time, we'll take a close look at the dynamics of learned helplessness and learn how to guard against collapsing into it. We'll also explore several very useful practices for dissolving fear and hopelessness so we can move through the obstacles of these times with grace. I really hope you'll join me in this important conversation. Please send your comments for sharing to d at embraceyourbrain.com. I look forward to hearing from you.